Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please download the Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us there. Also, check us out on the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. While you're there, please subscribe. Every single view, download, rating helps. And we're coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. Okay, Mark, um, before we, we get into Bill Barnwell's rankings of essentially the 49ers weaponry, I did want to ask you off of the Brock Purdy uh, conversation that we just had about, you know, him going to Jacksonville, Tom Pelissero uh, telling us that he's about to start throwing with his quarterback coach. I am curious why you don't think that there would be any sophomore slumpage, so to speak from Purdy, not just because it's his second year, um, well, actually, because it's the second year, because I think teams have now had time to analyze, to figure out the best ways to attack Brock Purdy specifically, not just that 49ers offense, but why you believe that Brock Purdy could be just as good if he hadn't had an offseason that was shortened by the arm surgery. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do the best job explaining, but I, I think if say say Brock Purdy had an entire offseason and it was a normal healthy offseason and he's able to do everything he possibly wanted physically he was throwing all year long that would just be another tick in the box of you know improvement i would expect that um not necessarily something that i would uh i don't know bet on and 100% count on or rely on uh but the fact that he didn't have that in my opinion is at least not necessarily cause for concern, but a check in the opposite box of this is working against Brock Purdy and the 49ers. But I think anytime you have the ability to get every single possible first team rep, I mean, these these guys are still relatively new to each other. I know that Brock Purdy was on the team last offseason, of course, drafted over a year ago now and was with the team through OTAs and rookie minicamp and mandatory minicamp and training camp and all of that, but wasn't getting first team reps and, and didn't really get consistent first team reps until the two quarterbacks ahead of him went down with injury. I mean, this is a guy that's still relatively new to this franchise, relatively new to all of these pass catchers. So I think logic would say the more time he spends with these guys, the more time he is given all of the opportunities, the more time the 49ers are putting every single possible resource they can into him, I think logically you would expect him 
to at the very least not regress. And you would hope that that means a step forward. Now, the other side that you mentioned is our teams adjusting to him. Um, I think there's also adjustments the 49ers can make. I mean, they acquired Christian McCaffrey in the offseason. Could you imagine what Kyle Shanahan is or in, in the middle of the regular season, excuse me, is when they acquired McCaffrey. Could you imagine what Kyle Shanahan is doing, drawing up plays after a nice cocktail, you know, and, and dinner on his napkin at a nice restaurant with his family on random day in April? He's drawn up plays for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there are also adjustments on the other side of the ledger that the 49ers can make. So I think logically it makes sense to expect step forwards, but things that are going against Brock Purdy, including the injury, I think are just ticks in the other box that might make you think twice about it. I am envisioning Kyle Shanahan with his family uh, taking one of his children's crayons and drawing exactly. on a five-star napkin in front of, he seems to me like a Manhattan guy. I could be wrong, but I don't take him as the the fruity sort of setup. He seems to be more of a, you know, a darker kind of um, concoction man. I don't know. It 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 is a funny visual to me. Uh, I also, you know, we, we can, we can dig in this another time. I, I do have my concerns about Brock Purdy's physical limitations as well, but I think one of the reasons why everyone has so much success about him, and I think it's a good segue because you mentioned his name is Christian McCaffrey and the rest of that weaponry that surrounds him. And Bill Barnwell uh, was clearly listening to the the 415ers podcast Mm -hmm. last week. He does work for ESPN, national NFL writer, and does a a lot of kind of long-form journalism specifically on ESPN+. Plus. So for those that do not have access, essentially graded out his best uh, offenses just based on who surrounds the quarterback and the Niners were number one in 2022. They were number three and in 2021, they were number 12. So they have clearly leveled up as has, I believe the entire offense. And the big reason of that is because he specifies you turned Elijah Mitchell and Ty Davis price into Christian McCaffrey. And so you are now number one. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll let you have the floor here because this was something that you were preaching about in our last episode. And before I dig in and disagree with the both of you, I want <laughs> you to state your case. I will say I think you deserve a little bit of credit because I think I initially said offenses excluding quarterbacks, but including everyone else. And that included offensive lines at the 49ers miles ahead of anyone else. I think you're right to say if you exclude the offensive line at least in my mind, then that makes a whole lot more sense. And that's what Bill Barnwell is talking about here. He's more just talking about the weapons, so tight ends, running backs, and wide receivers, not offensive linemen, and not quarterbacks. And with that, I 100% agree with Bill Barnwell. You look at the 49ers, wide receivers. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got Brandon Ayuk. You got Juwan Jennings, whatever, doesn't really matter much beyond that. But essentially that top two of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, what would you say, Evan? I mean, you've, that's got to be at least, what, 10th, top 10 in the NFL of, of wide receiver duos? I would think so. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Top, top 10 for sure. The, the the one thing that I think is kind of funny, and I also I believe it to be a statistical anomaly, but the Carolina Panthers offense actually got better when they traded Christian McCaffrey away from, from their team to the 49ers. Of course, the Niners offense just completely exploded exponentially. Yeah. It went from middle of the pack to, as you laid out in our last episode, which you can check out wherever you download your podcast from as being clear cut number one. 
uh, the Panthers offense also took a large step forward, which I, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so 49ers wide receivers, I think at least top 10, you could probably say, mm, I don't know, maybe top seven, somewhere around there. Seventh best wide receiver duo in the NFL. That's not bad. Then you say, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, I don't know, a top three tight end in George Kittle. You could probably even make the case the second best tight end in the NFL. I know there are other candidates, but he was definitely number two after Brock Purdy took over his starter. 100%. He was maybe even number one those last like five weeks of the regular season. He was incredible at the end of the last season. That's something that Bill Barnwell wrote about uh, as well in in this ESPN plus piece. And then you consider running back. Um, Maybe you think McCaffrey isn't the best running back in the NFL, but I would be, I would disagree with you incredibly strongly if you, thought that he wasn't one of the three best running backs in the NFL. And I would personally say he's the most versatile. And I think he's the best running back this 49ers offense could possibly have. So 49ers have, in my mind, the best running back in the NFL, a top three tight end in the NFL, and a top seven wide receiver duo in the NFL. There's no other team in the NFL that can say that. And for that reason, the 49ers, yes, They have the best group of offensive weapons as any other team in the NFL. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Christian McCaffrey wasn't even an all-pro last oh, year, Oh, miss me with that. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> no, that that's an unfair shot. Uh, he absolutely should have been. And I don't know. Like I, I do wonder if maybe just because he was traded, like it, it's always funny, like in baseball, for example, it doesn't apply when you trade in division. So maybe this is a stretch, but you know, if a player gets traded from the AL to the NL, their stats restart. So they're not <laughs> qualified for either MVP award because they're basically yeah. splitting time. Uh, although there've been some, some circumstances where it's been really close where a guy's just gone off. And so I don't know if, I don't know the the voters or the, you know, whoever's handing out these accolades just decided, oh, well, you know, Chris McCaffrey's on a new team now. And so his stats just start from zero the moment he goes to San Francisco. That's going to come into play when the San Francisco Giants acquire Shohei Otani at the deadline. Am I right? (laughs) I thought they already had one sitting in the minor league system. Hey, what's better than one? It's two of them. Yeah, exactly. One's right-handed, one's Mm left-handed. I got you. I think also Bill Barnwell's evaluation of the Niners weaponry is based off of the um, regression to the mean specifically of Debo Samuel. That Mm. was a guy that he touched on a lot because his whole point, and I think it's valid is if Debo Samuel truly is the number one yak target in football, or or I think he was number two last year, but over the course of the last three, uh, three or four seasons since he entered the NFL, he has been number one or close to in that category per game. There's no way that Debo Samuel can't regress in a positive fashion to where he once was, not quite potentially at the 2021 level. But if he is there, he also described Brandon Ayuk's barely thousand yard season as quote unquote ho-hum. So that is also potentially able to be improved upon, or at least the efficiency wise. And then like you're talking about George Kittle being, you know, a, a 
conservatively a top three tight end. Christian McCaffrey, conservatively a top three running back. You are looking at, I believe, to be the best skill position players in the NFL when you package them all together <laughs> outside of the two most important spots up the middle offensive line quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the big caveat here is you're not considering offensive line. You're not considering quarterback. So it doesn't mean that Bill Barnwell thinks the 49ers have the best offense in football, but they have, in my opinion, the best collective group of ball carriers and pass catchers. And I, I think, I know maybe you slightly disagree. I, I think the 49ers are not lapping the field, but I think they have a considerable margin in that regard. Now, where things even out is, again, the offensive line and the quarterback play. It's yet really to be determined how Brock Purdy will play for a full season, something we just talked about. If you if you didn't listen to the first segment from this episode, I would suggest going back and listening to it now. There's an update on Brock Purdy and all of that. Um, it's, it's really yet to be determined how he's going to fare coming back from an injury and in his first full year as the team starter. And then you have Trent Williams in the left tackle spot, and you could poke holes in all four of the other offensive linemen spots. You really could. I think that, you know, a guy like Aaron Banks also on the left side is going to prove to be a quality starter in this league. But you still have your doubts at this point right now, June 26th, as we're recording this on Monday evening. But when you just consider the pass catchers and ball carriers, I don't think there's anyone else in the NFL that has a claim to the number one spot, which is wild considering I don't know, me growing up as a 49er fan, you, you never really were accustomed to the high-powered, incredible offenses. And I know that this offense kind of does it in different ways than the other offenses do. I know you have concerns about Brock Purdy's arm strength, his ability to make all the throws, stretch the field, down the field, and all of that. That's where a lot of these other teams, I mean, the other teams that are you know in the top five, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they kind of do kind of do it in a different way, but Hertz has really good arm strength and has a couple of deep threats. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Cincinnati is is in the second spot according to Bill Barnwell, and they have probably the best wide receiver duo in all of football and probably the best wide receiver trio in all of football as well when you consider Tyler Boyd as well. Um, so they do it in a different way, but it, it's still just wild to me to think the 49ers are in a position where they have this much talent on the offensive side. We're just going to have to wait to see if it will translate like it did at the end of last regular season when everything was clicking. But if they could figure out the offensive line and if Purdy does not regress, this could be, if not the best, one of the best offenses in all, all of football. Yeah, and if if was a fifth. <laughs> we would all be intoxicated. The one thing actually I do want to mention that I can remember in our lifetime, Mark, I can't speak about before us. We're two young guns. So uh, I do want to throw into the 49ers greatest skill position group, the 2013 team, which unfortunately didn't have a ton of overlap afterwards. But uh, Anquan Bolden, hmm. Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore and Vernon Davis are oh, pretty good foursome. I loved Vernon around those guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that I think that was their only year that they played all four together, but that was, that was a great group as well. And it ended in heartbreak. I'll, I'll just, I'll just say that. 